you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. We are back together after taking some time off, but we are back with a new franchise. Dubai has premiered and they are here. And can I just say, they understood the assignment. Oh my goodness. They all came in. Like Sometimes it's annoying because it's like, oh, clearly people are coming in ready to be housewives. They've got like their persona. And I'm sure, I think these women did research it. They knew who they wanted to be, but they all came in and like, were the right person. And then like, were maybe a little bit more of an amplified version of themselves, but I totally bought it. I fell for all, like, I just, I loved it. I'm also really confused if her name is Ayan or Chanel Ayan. And Andy has referred to her as Chanel, but in the show, they call her Ayan sometimes. So I feel like it's just cause she's fabulous and yeah like over the top. I feel like that's just kind of like a stage name is Chanel Ion. I think her name is Ion. Okay. Well that makes me feel better. Um but anyway I just I love her story. I love her. I love her personality. I love her relationship with her son. Like I feel like she is unlike any other housewife. Most of them really are unlike any other housewife we've ever met because we really haven't had people that like aside from Dorit, uh, <laughs> grow up, uh, in just different cultures and countries. And, you know, I loved like Lisa talking about how her kids have three different accents and it's just like, like, ah, oh, this is why we needed an international franchise. Cause it's just like those type of things. It just makes it so unique and fun. And I, I'm obsessed with all of it. Like I can't, I can't stop like talking about it. And so it's a good thing we have this episode to dive into. Um, I noticed you made a note of this and I had the same thought. So Caroline's dog pees in bed and everyone just continues to sit in the bed and like Sergio gets in bed where the dog peed. That was, um, you know, I don't know if that's like a rich lady thing. Yeah. Like she's waiting for her housekeeper to come like do the bed or he just like barely tingled. But the way she kept bringing it up, I'm like, why are you still sitting in your bed? I know. So weird to me. So I don't know. I have no idea because I would get up. I mean, I get being lazy and like just wanting to chill and, you know, whatever. But if I'm saying this on camera, I wouldn't want to continue to sit in it. No. And she like told the housekeeper too. I'm like, well, is somebody like, I don't know. Is somebody going to, to like clean? Is it like, is Caroline going to clean it? Is the house like, yeah, who is going to, I don't know. It was, it, it, I had a lot of, 
a lot of thoughts in my head. I also, I mean, I love Caroline Stanberry. It's probably going to seem biased and there probably is a bias because I just loved her so much on ladies of London, but I love the way she can kind of make fun of herself and like talk about herself. And like, even as she's doing her interviews and talking to the people, like when she said, I've got handbags older than Sergio kind of making fun of the age gap. I'm like, this is why she's a housewife. Like it just, you need somebody that like recognizes that and doesn't like get upset and isn't sensitive to it and isn't mad by it and just makes a joke about it and like owns that joke before somebody else can. And I, I just love that about her. No, I do too. I will say, cause you know, I've not seen Sergio on camera before I've seen him. He, like they mentioned on the show, they're all over Instagram. They were all over each other. Like, I feel like they were everywhere and anywhere, but seeing him in motion I get why people call him boy toy. He just seemed yes. like much younger. I mean, not, I don't know. When I see the pictures of them on Instagram, the 18-year age gap didn't stand out to me as much as watching them in motion together. Yeah, and he does just seem so much younger on camera, like versus Instagram. Like, yeah, I agree. He looks like a baby. <laughs> but, I mean, he he's hot. And I last thing on Sergio, because, again, I'm being, like, fixated on this because he was plastered, if you follow Caroline – You've seen them everywhere and the women commented on this, but he also seemed, and not saying he's not fit, but he seemed, um, I don't want to, it's kind of scrawny to me, more scrawny than his pictures, but yeah, but he is like fit. I mean, he's got, anyways, that's my tangent on Sergio. Um, clearly I've been thinking too much about it. Wait, I got to talk about one more thing with Sergio and then we can kind of, we'll focus on the women. I thought it was very bizarre. He was at the hen party. Oh my God. I did too. I, I personally wouldn't want, um, regardless if this is like, I just would, if, even if he didn't want a bachelor party with like the stripper and thing, I would be like, dude, like get some dudes together, do something. But I don't want you at my hen party like this. I don't know. Like, even if he doesn't want to have his own batch, like, yeah, like don't have your own bachelor party or stag parties, they call it. But yeah, I thought it was weird. He was there. Um, but I guess too, part of it is, I mean, they all ended up saying that they got kind of drunk, but it seems like maybe the culture in Dubai isn't where you just go out and like get Lisa Renner wasted. Um, so I don't, maybe that was part of it. I don't know. I just thought it was very bizarre. He was there, but, um, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Sergio. Let's, um, also talk about some of the other women, Lisa. Okay. She was the one that I was saying, I love, she has three boys. One of them has an American accent. One of them has a little bit of like, did she say it was like British? British, Yeah, British. And one is Jamaican. And it was like hilarious when she made them all say water. Like they all three said it so differently. I love that. It was really funny. I love to, in watching this and I texted you about this. I was like, are you so excited? There's so many boy moms. Um, Because I just love seeing all the relationship between um, Caroline B. Brooks and her son. Then we have Ion Ayan and her son, and then Lisa and her three boys. I'm like, man, this is like boy mom love everywhere. So I sent you yes. a side text on that. But I loved learning about Lisa and the introduction that they kind of gave to each of the women. Um, I also was like kind of laughing at the ice delivery. I'm like, this is a whole nother kind of rich where you spend $1,200 to cool down your pool with ice. Like what? <laughs> And it's like, I feel like I'm gonna be like, okay, followers ask if it's such I don't know if we have that many followers that live in Dubai, um, but looking at our, um, just the analytics we get of our audience, but I'm like, really like, is this truly something that people do? I imagine it gets very warm, but I just, I guess I didn't, I guess, you know, kind of like you have a heated, you can have like a heated pool in the States. I would think you could have like a air conditioner for the water. 
<laughs> and like, well, you know, you can like temperature yeah. control the water. I would think I just, I can't imagine people are consistently spending a thousand dollars on having ice delivered to cool their pool. But, um, you know, when you're just that filthy rich, maybe that's just what you do. I know. I, I will say like in listening to the women's stories, like I'm still like wanting to understand more of like how they're that rich. Uh, but like here in the States, like we would just go buy a bag of ice and that would be it, which is like what, like a dollar, maybe $2. Not these days, V. Well, whatever. Prices Uh, have gone up. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's not, it's not $1,200. I I can tell you that. I bought a bag of ice recently. It was not $1,200. So I'm like, just go get a bag of ice. Anyways, that's, that's the Midwest way. Um, I, so we met Lisa, we met Lisa and her husband. I can't decide Ion. she mentions her husband, but he's not on camera at all. Mm, I smell divorce. I smell divorce as part of the storyline, given the preview. So I don't want to like jump too far along, but just covering each woman. Um, Caroline Brooks is probably my favorite one. Um, really enjoyed you would that's because you love Karen Huger I do her story I just thought it was interesting I want to learn more about the ex I also thought it was just fascinating and like just mad respect to her that she took no money from her ex for full child support so I just found it and I just liked her and I also liked that she's not afraid to stir the pot amongst and that's what I meant by the Karen Huger thing I realized somebody might take that the wrong way I meant that like you like somebody that comes in with a very bold strong personality the and also like you're never really sure what side they're on and I think Karen Huger does that perfectly and I could see Caroline Brooks being the same way it's like she's friendly with some of the women. She was friendly with Lisa. She's friendly with Caroline Stanberry, not so much with Chanel Ayan, but they're still talking to one another. Like they, she's like, you called me at seven thirty in the morning. I don't know why the time necessarily mattered so much. I feel like, you know, if it was not a good time for you, you could have just not answered the phone. But um, yeah, I like how you don't really know quite where she is going to align. But I think Brooks kind of came in to sort of be this villain and is fine with it, which I, we always talk about, you need that in every franchise. So I wonder, I was just, I wonder if she's going to have any sort of friction with Caroline Stanberry. Cause I do see a lot of similarities between the Carolines. So what's funny to me, cause I saw your note about calling her a Brooke, uh, a villain. I think Ion is the villain in my opinion. I think she's total like, villain. Oh, see, I think she's trying to be like number one girl in the, uh, in the group energy to me. But I don't know. We'll we'll need to see more. Um, So, yeah, we talked about the hen party, which was, like, you know, super interesting. And what did you think about the swinging of the hot dogs? Um, That game was – I thought was, like, really – I guess when you can't do penis straws and other things, you have to get creative. But I thought it was kind of silly and kind of weird. I don't know. I'm just thinking if it's my second wedding, I'm in my 40s. I don't know if I'm swinging a hot dog around my waist trying to get it into a glass bottle. I had the same thought. I'm like, really? Caroline Stanberry, you know, she, I mean, I guess she's like humble and down to, down to dog. Um, that's what, whatever. Um, so that was interesting. And then, uh, we got, so after the hen party, Ayan was not invited. They only had a certain number of women that could be invited. So then we got to meet Nina and Sarah, which I um, enjoyed. I kind of wish they got a little bit more camera time and I know they will, but I was just more interested to learn a little bit more about their stories, especially Sarah. Yeah, I agree. I felt like they just kind of put them in at the end. And like, I was sort of like, okay, like I didn't know, are we giving friend of energy, but they're both like main housewives from what I gathered. So maybe we'll learn more about them. I think a lot of it too is like, 
I think they realized there was a lot to squeeze into one episode. It was an extended episode, which I appreciated. We got like an hour and 15 minutes, I believe. Um, but I think they realized everyone really cares about Caroline Stanbury, but they also needed to introduce us to Lisa Brooks. Ayan. Like, you know, we needed like those big, like strong personalities also being introduced. Um, and maybe the other two just aren't as strong. Like she was saying, like Nina is kind of quiet at first and then you like really get to find out who she is. So maybe we'll learn more about her in episodes to come. But I just, I mean, I love it. My only su- complaint or suggestion is, I hate when they put like such strong shows back to back on their lineup. So going from like Beverly Hills to Dubai, I just feel like it's going to be a lot on Wednesdays. I need, I need a little bit of a break, especially because we had no Atlanta this week. There's nothing on Tuesday until Southern Charm comes back. Like I feel like we could have done it on Tuesday maybe. I feel like they'll change it. I think they're probably just wanting a successful like premiere. So they wanted to piggyback on off of Beverly Hills. So I feel like it will go on to its own different, like a different night. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be so. Do you think like Monday because Summer House is done? Like if yeah, like Monday I night. Monday be good. I feel yeah. I feel like we just need to rethink this lineup. I like the idea of doing it on a Monday. I just don't. I feel like the only reason why I feel this way is because there's not a lot on, and we didn't have Atlanta either. I don't like when like some of my two the two shows I really look forward to or the same night. Cause then it's like, Oh, I love Wednesday night. But then like Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, well now what do I watch? I mean, you guys get it. I mean, we're, we're yeah. um, a lot of you are juggling children and television and husbands and, or partners or whatever. So it's a lot. So we'd like it a little bit spaced out so you can have, um, which we'll get into in Beverly Hills, uh, that conversation about what shows can I watch with or without you, which we'll get into but just... before we do, we're going to have a quick little ad break. Yeah. So Father's Day is quickly approaching and we talked to you guys about story worth and how it was such a great gift to give to your mom or a mother figure in your life. Um, and story worth can also be a great gift for the fathers in your life. Um, and especially for those of you who maybe don't have a father physically with you. I don't know if you guys have been listening for a while or follow our Instagram. My dad did pass away four and a half years ago. So, um, I would love to be able to give this to him. Um, but it would be a little challenging to, um, get the email to go all the way to heaven. So if there's a father figure in your life though, or if your dad's here, I really encourage you to do this. It's a great way to learn more about them. They will be sent a series of emails each week that they will answer different questions. And there will be something about them. They'll be very like thought provoking questions, um, things you haven't thought of, like your fondest childhood memory or what was, what's a fear you've ever had in life. And then, then story worth, will put it together at the end and create this great book for you to have all these memories to cherish. Um, and the reason why I say I would highly encourage you to do it. If your father is here, you just never know. I wish I would have had some of these stories and memories, and I'm now hearing them from my uncle. So I am going to give the story worth to my uncle this year, who's also, um, not my dad's brother, but ended up being my dad's best friend. My dad's sister married my dad's best friend. And he has all of these great stories. He has great stories himself. I cannot wait to read more about him. He told me though, he's not going to reveal anything, but he is going to wait until I get it to the end. So I'm really excited to see, um, what is going to be shared and what more I'll learn about my dad and my uncle. But so give all the fathers in your life, a meaningful gift that you gift that you can cherish for years to come with story worth. And right now you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash real moms. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H.com slash real moms to save $10 off your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash real moms. Now time for Beverly Hills. 
And where the hell in La Quinta is Kyle Richards saying that she calls a concierge and they bring her Bloody Marys to her front door in a matter of minutes. Like that is some bougie shit and sign me up. <laughs> I, you're clearly craving a little alcohol there. I um, love a Bloody Mary. It's Abby's like, towards the end and I can yeah. tell your pregnancy cravings with the sushi, with things are coming out strong and that Bloody is calling your name. But yeah, no, that was pretty bougie and I'm here for it. Do you like a Bloody Mary or a mimosa? Honestly, I don't care for neither. Bloody Marys to me taste like gazpacho, like cold tomato soup, and I don't you like it. You just haven't had a good one. Well, just- uh, a lot of people have said that. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not in, I, you know what? No, I'll never say never. I'll, next time you and I are together and we're, Bloody Marys are involved, I'll definitely try one again. Mimosas, I don't like it with the orange juice. I prefer um, like pomegranate juice or cranberry juice because it's the orange juice is too acidic. Wow. Yeah, it sounds so high maintenance. Just call me Heather DeBrow. No, I don't love. <laughs> but- I don't love. Um, I don't love orange juice in general. I didn't even like it as a kid. Like I remember kids, like you know, like getting orange juice was like you get so excited. Um, I'm just not an orange juice person, so I would like take champagne with just plain. Uh, but no, I'm more of a Bloody Mary person. I like mine very spicy, and then I doctor. I always doctor mine up, so I seem very high maintenance when I order them at any sort of like restaurant. Um, but the trick. And this is why I said, I don't think you've had a good one. You need the right balance of a little bit of Tabasco and Worcestershire sauce. Oh, interesting. It adds like a little peppery smoky flavor. So next time we're together, I'll make sure you have a good Bloody Mary. And then if you don't like it, then you know, you're just not a Bloody Mary person. Um, but let's, uh, also dive into Erica Jane who, you know, we thought maybe she was going to try to like take a page from the Jen Shaw handbook and like figure out why everyone seems to love Jen Shaw and not be mad at her. And instead she's on the complete opposite and is now speculating that people just want to see her fail and that a lot of these stories are fake. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? And truthfully, I'm kind of surprised aside from Garcelle, like why no one else would have like called her out a little bit more for that statement. Like I wish like Kyle, I know Kyle was kind of like stunned in processing, but I wish she would have been like, Erica, come on. Like, don't say that. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that. Like I, I kind of wish people who have been like, quote unquote, team EJ, like Brenna, I'm looking at you too. Just like kind of be like, okay, no. Like I just think someone needs to put her in her place with that comment because that's not cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I was kind of surprised. Um, and even then her saying like, I appreciate all of you supporting me and embracing me for like what you said, like the animal I was last year. I'm like, I feel like people were just too afraid to tell you anything. Like, I don't think anyone embraced you and accepted you. They were just terrified. But I also, okay. I also had a really hard time with Crystal in this episode and I hate to say it. I love Crystal. I am all for her having her voice heard. And I think it is like, if she, like she was kind of being told like, no, you don't, you didn't feel the way you felt. And I think sometimes people have a really hard time with the words that she picks, but when she was kind of talking about how everyone told her like she wasn't allowed to say the word violated last year and she felt like no one supported her and everyone's supporting Dorit. It was just kind of saying like, it's hard. She feels like she doesn't matter to the group. And she came over to get all of that out. I didn't think there was a reason to then dig up what was said between Sutton and Crystal only because it seems like Crystal and Sutton have had a lot of conversations. They're in a good place. They've moved on. They're friends. I was really confused why Crystal was bringing it back up only because Sutton wasn't there. So she wasn't like, for example, 
you well, guys Garcelle. didn't Garcelle yeah. was like kind of that's true there. and she's like well now that we're getting things off my chest and Kyle's like don't hold things in for a year um Garcelle like went in and was like hey like when we talked she kind of brought it all up and brought it back into the open yeah which I guess yeah I just felt like there wasn't a, re- a need to say you guys don't know everything that was said it was very dark and I won't say it I just it leaves so much speculation and to me and again I know like Crystal was like everyone's now going to harp on the fact that I used the word dark and last season it was violated but when you say what was said was really dark to me it makes it sound like it was so like offensive and like racist and like pure, like hate speech, not just like Sutton saying, I don't see color to me. Like that's not a good thing to say. And I completely understand why that'd be upsetting for crystal to me though, that more than anything showed Sutton's ignorance and privilege that she's just been around a lot of like white rich people and doesn't really understand kind of how it feels to be the only person of color or to be the person that's different in the room. But when you say it's dark, it leads me to believe that like it was basically like, it makes me think the worst speech. thing. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think the worst thing. And I do think, although I don't agree with Garcelle, like kind of bringing it up, like, you know, again, like these Beverly Hills of any franchise is really good at rehashing shit. That's been rehashed like a million times. And we're kind of doing it with this scenario. But, um, so I don't love that Garcelle brought it back up. However, since she did bring it back up, I do agree with you and what you're saying. Like Crystal, like if you're going to say that it was dark or whatever, you got to just own up to it and just say what it is. Like you can't yeah. go on camera and say that and make like a, like let people speculate even further and giving this more legs. You just have to say it. Like, and, and if you want to do it with Sutton in front of you, fine, like do it. But I think you got to say it. So I, I don't know. I, Crystal, I know we're playing like the word game here and you can't tell like how people like, she's like, Oh, this is how I feel. What word it we want to use. And she's kind yeah. of going on and on about it, but you got to understand that you're implying things with certain words that you use. Yes. And I mean, like if Sutton is your friend, like you're, you're just making her sound really awful. Even if it's like, it would have been different if she's like, what she said was really dark. We've grown and moved from it. And I think Sutton's a great person. There was nothing else to it. So to me, it made me feel like, okay, like Crystal's still upset about what Sutton said, which she's allowed to feel that way. But I think then it needs to be vocalized what was said and it needs to be with Sutton there. And even when Sutton then kind of like semi approached it, but didn't at the, uh, her party for her shop. I don't, I was just kind of, so, I, I, I didn't understand why Crystal kept being like, I'm not going to say what was said, but it was really dark and it was really bad. And even Kyle was like, I was there. I don't think I heard anything that I would consider dark or terrible. So I feel like it's going to be one of those things we're all going to speculate. We're never going to really get to find out what was said. And I, I don't know. I'm just, and I'm confused. Why is she trying to make Sutton look bad right now? I thought like Sutton's kind of her only, it seems like sometimes that her only friend or the only person that she really trusts in the group right now. I mean, I think, you know, I think Crystal is finding her voice, but also it, I feel like Crystal is like playing a game of on camera, off camera, yeah, um, where she is reluctant to say things that she would say. She would have probably no problem revealing that off camera and she has a problem of doing it on camera. And I think she might be self-producing herself a little bit and just needs to like, 
just say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just put it out there. Yeah. Put it out there because the internet's going to go wild and we're all going to like, you know, do what we're doing right now, which is rehashing it and talking about it. And it looks like they're going to talk about it again in the next episode. But <laughs> anyhow, it's just, it was a lot. And I, I'm with you. I wasn't into Crystal that much with this. Yeah. And again, like she's entitled to be upset about what was said. And if it was dark, I mean, I hope it wasn't, but if that's how she felt like she's entitled to that, but I think it just isn't really fair to use that word and then not say it, say which is it. like what Garcelle was implying. And I know Kyle yeah. was getting pissed that she was like imp- saying that Kyle was like blackout and Kyle was like, I was there, which yeah. then I, pardon me, is like, well, Kyle, is there something, you know, like, like why don't you just say it? But, right. um, I don't know. It's just very strange. And Garcelle bringing it up. I'm curious as we continue to watch this unfold. I'm like, why are you, why, why? Yeah. you know, like there's kind of like a, why are you bringing this up? They're all turning into Kyle's. They're all like, it's like, they're like, you <laughs> yeah, know, they're is. like sparking these little fires and then they walk away and they're like, well, now that's between these two people. And it's like, no, like you kind of brought this to light or like Crystal's going to be like, you know, it's between me and Sutton. No, you just said it on camera and you said it to a group of women when Sutton wasn't there. Like, you know, if it really is something private, you shouldn't have like when Garcelle brought that up, be like, that's not who I am. That's not my character. And I don't want to talk about that night anymore because Sutton and I have discussed it and we have moved past it. It was between me and Sutton. And then it would have been done. It would have been dead. Um, one other thing I want to point out about Sutton's show. Okay. So I will say on record, I, I think I said it before when we had Danielle from Hollaback Cards on, um, with, in regards to the break-in, I do believe the house was broken into. I, I understand there's some holes in the story. Like there are some things where I'm like, when she originally said she didn't turn the um, alarms on because the kids wander in the house. I'm like, well, I don't even have a fancy house and a fancy alarm. And you can set it to like external movement only. So like if the kids were wandering, it wouldn't trigger the alarm. Like I, I understand some of the loopholes, but I thought it was a little um, like a chance to like really throw a dig at Sutton when she was like, I mean, why would she not let me know that press is here? Why? Like, why is it here? Like, I don't want to talk to the press. And she kind of acted like she was like really traumatized and it was giving her PTSD. It is worth noting. And I saw this in a few Bravo Facebook groups the day after the break-in, she did give Teddy and entertainment tonight, an exclusive interview about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I get Teddy's a friend. So it probably was like, you know, she knew the questions and stuff, but she made it seem like, like, I'm not ready to talk to the media. I can barely talk to my best friends about it. I'm like, we've already talked to the media about it. And also knowing Sutton and knowing that it was like the big launch of a new designer, I would almost assume there would be a step and repeat and at least paparazzi there. Like, I don't, I thought it was a little odd that she assumed it was going to be this quiet, small little party when there were a ton of people there. This wasn't like a small dinner party of five people and she invited press. Like that would have been bizarre. Well, and also let's be real guys. Like we know this reality show as much as we like to think it's, there isn't some sort of scripted element to it. They do get call sheets and have like time and location of where to show up for things. And I highly doubt production just kind of left out the fact that there's a step and repeat and things. I would imagine they kind of know what they're kind of walking into a little bit. So I I'm with you on that. So that's, that's a good thing. That's a great thing to kind of call out there. Um, with, so going back to Doree, I, I still, I mean, I totally feel for her and I, I really, it's funny, like the evolution of PK, 
Um, I like really love him and can kind of see how she got into PK. I'm not into. PK. Oh yeah. I'm, I don't fancy him as a Brit say, yeah. but I kind of get it. I totally get it. I completely understand why he seems like a very supportive, great partner. I thought I like, I made a meme about it. I thought it was really cute. He's like, you need to go, you need to get away. Punta Mita is not that far away. They're going to go to Mexico. And I love how he was just like, you just need to tell me what shows I can watch while you're gone. And that like, to me is like the sign you've been married for a while, because like, I feel like it is so rare as a couple to find a show you both like. And so there is that sense of like, don't you dare get an episode ahead of me. Like we are watching this one together. And there's a few shows for my husband and I, where it's like an unwritten rule that you can't watch without the other person. So you're going to laugh. So I have shows. So I feel like with Kyle and I, we have almost too many shows because for instance, you're going to like side tangent here. I'm into the circle right now because you got me into it. So I started watching it. Then all of a sudden Kyle has an interest in it and he gets, anytime I start, he catches me watching it. He goes, you're watching that without me. And he said the same thing about selling sunset. But yet when I put these shows on, he's like not paying They're attention so at all. No, he doesn't even say anything. He just pays oh. zero attention to any of it. And so those are interesting very... shows to be like your shows. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kyle always has like loved the trash with me. I mean, we watch yeah. Island together. He like, we <laughs> I can go over a, a few things, but I I'm like, you don't even pay attention. So why are you saying you're into it? Anyhow. That's marriage for you guys. That's a great. Um, yeah. So I can totally relate to PK and Dorit. Um, what's your take on Diana so far after this? We're a couple episodes in. I am. I loved her at first, and now I think she was heavily coached by Rena. I feel like she was like. I think Rena is in Diana's ear to make some of the other women, particularly Sutton, look bad. Like when she made the, like Sutton said, I'm a vegetarian, but there's just something about bacon. So I think she was just saying like, I typically don't eat meat, but it's hard for me to turn down bacon. I thought it was kind of rude. Um, that like Diana was like, I've never heard of a vegetarian that eats bacon that doesn't exist. I'm like, I don't, I didn't feel like that's what she was saying. I think Diana likes to jump to things to make Sutton look bad. And then when like Sutton was having her store um, opening, she was like, I haven't been to a store in 12 years. Like it just like made like Sutton seem like, Oh, how cute you have a store, but I don't even shop in stores. Like, yeah. I was like, what kind of rich, like what kind of rich flex is that? Yeah. I don't know. I just think that's kind of bizarre and like maybe humble yourself by stepping in like a Louis Vuitton every now and then. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's very, um, I, I don't know that I'm into her so far. I, I agree. I, I am like, you know, fascinated. Like we're always fascinated by people's wealth and whatnot. Like, but I will say when she's like, Giorgio Armani and Fendi, like did my town home in London and you don't want to know how much it costs. I just, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I also don't think you're that rich if you're always bragging and flexing about it. Like, I think like, remember Sutton in the beginning where people are like, uh, you're wearing like seven Dior bracelets. Like how much did that cost you? And she, I don't want to talk about that. Like to me, that's somebody I'm like, you have a lot of wealth. What's the phrase like money, um, speaks, but wealth whispers. That's I, well, don't ask me what the saying is. I think, know. right. <laughs> but that's Diana to me. I'm like, mm, girl, I don't know if you're as rich as you're let, like wanting everyone to think you are, because I don't think you'd be just openly bragging about this stuff the way you are. I I think she is. I think for her, it's like a weird just flex. Like, I just think. Just because she wasn't born into it. It's like she's just showing like in her mind, it's like putting Sutton down. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, I'm not as not into, I'm not feeling her so far. 
I don't, I guess I don't get her as well. I agree. Yeah. It's not like Kathy Hilton where it's like, God, she's just so rich that she has no like clue how the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, I'm like, you just put someone down. Like if that was Kathy who had never been in a store, she's like, this is great. So people go to places and you can just buy, like you just buy the stuff here. Like this is how that works. Like, I think that would be like what Kathy would say. She'd be more fascinated by the process. Cause she's always had a shopper or had things delivered to her yeah. versus making Sutton look like bad. you take something off a hanger and yeah. Like, wow. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> and you pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. So I would kind of be into it a little bit more than that. Um, I also wanted to comment on our girl Lois rest in peace. I thought I that was heartbreaking that that was kind of coming and happening, but we need I kind of forgot. It feels like it happened a while ago because she had passed by the pre no, I guess it couldn't have been by the previous reunion, but I just feel like it was a while ago. Um, and I just like when she was going back to like, we're in her house and she's like, wants to be on hospice. It was just like sad. Cause it was like, we all know the outcome that comes and like, it got, and then this, they happened to talk about the story about Lois and what a great, like survivor story that was like, she's just such an amazing person. I agree. It made me like really big. Like, oh, it's like whenever no, no comes on your screen, you're just reminded of how much you loved them and how much you miss their presence. Oh yeah. And I also like, just felt like, ah, oh, like I hope in my head, I'm like, did Dorit get to talk to her? Like I'm, I'm like curious on the, yeah, not. I guess not though. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah, I don't think so. But, um, I do like applaud like Dorit, like being very vulnerable and kind of showing us through her therapy and, you know, just kind of really kind of just being, feel like in a way with Dorit, we haven't gotten so much like raw emotion from her. Yeah. So I, I don't, although I don't ever wish what happened to her to happen to anybody, I do feel like we're getting like a more raw Dorit, which I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Well now the part of the show where we always surprise each other, uh, who is your shout out this week? I want to give my shout out to teachers. Um, As you all know, we recently, there was recently a shooting in Texas where sadly so many lives were lost. Um, I just think I just have so much compassion for teachers, not only what they do to um, help our children learn, but also all the layers that they have to think about um, protecting our children as well. So I can't imagine the emotional anxiety uh, the emotional exhaustion, the anxiety and everything that comes with it. So I just want you teachers to know that you are loved. And with summer break approaching, I'm hoping you are able to take time for yourselves. Um, I love that. I want to give my shout out to a friend of ours. I shared her article um, that she wrote on Motherly uh, yesterday about secondary infertility, but I want to give the shout out to our friend, Allie. I thought she just did such a beautiful job. Um, kind of like we were talking about with Dorit, just being so like honest and raw and sharing her emotions. And so many of you um, responded to it and kind of talked about your experience with secondary infertility. And I think it's being discussed more as all infertility is being discussed, but I think it was kind of one of those things I wasn't really aware of until I had friends who like went through it and had experienced it themselves. And it's a lot more common than you think, but you know, there is sort of this thought like, well, you were able to have your first kid pretty easily. Like, why can't you have your second? And I think, you know, I just really applaud people that give light to things that maybe are triggering and emotional and hard to talk about. Um, so I want to give the shout out to Allie, um, and also all of you that are fighting, um, that battle as well. And 
to any new listeners we had, it's been quite the week. We had quite a surge of new followers, um, probably some new listeners, thanks to Mom Talk. So welcome to the Real Moms of Bravo group. Um, we try to keep it light, but we also sprinkle in some um, stories, inspirational stories, challenging stories, but just ways to kind of connect all of us as mothers. But welcome uh, to all the new listeners. Yes. Welcome. Um, and if you are interested in all things mom talk, don't forget to check out the highlight on our Instagram page, which goes over all of the details and, or you can listen, um, to our episode that Abby and I just recorded, um, which also goes into everything as well. I feel like the story is going to continue to unfold and we will continue to cover it. But as you guys know, in order for us to continue to um, thrive on the podcast charts and to be able to get some incredible guests on our show, please take 60 seconds to leave a five-star um, written review or just to click the five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. Um, I did receive some DMs and saying, like, with everything with Mom Talk, can I Venmo you? Uh, instead of Venmo, join our Patreon. Our Patreon is $3 a month. Um, we share our hot takes on things outside of Bravo um, in the pop culture world or things that are happening off camera for Bravo. So you can join for as little as $3 a month, patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away. Like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.